Welcome to the Multi-Amory Podcast. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. We believe in looking to the future of relationships, not maintaining the status quo of the past. Whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. Hello, listeners. Today, we're going to bring you an interview that we did back in December of 2022 with our friend Sarah Sense of the Better in Bed podcast. This discussion today is all about jealousy and navigating jealousy in the context of relationships and non-monogamy. I think for years, the discourse around jealousy was always that like, if you felt it, it meant that something was wrong with your relationship or that that's a problem that you alone have to deal with and fix, especially in non-monogamous relationships. And I really think that those ideas are becoming a little antiquated and are really changing. So we get into some of that and we just have a really fun discussion with Sarah. This discussion was unique because it was not remote like how we usually do all of our podcast episodes. We actually recorded it all together around this really tiny table in the same room when we were all in Hong Kong, where Sarah is based. So it has more of kind of a roundtable discussion feeling, like friends at a dinner table talking to one another. I really like that about it. And it's super interesting getting to go back and listen to this discussion that happened over a year ago and kind of getting this little time capsule of where we were then and see the differences to where we are now. I really love this discussion. We had so much fun with Sarah when we were recording it, and we really hope that you enjoy the episode as well. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Better in Bed, the podcast where we talk about sex and inspire you to get better at it. I'm Sarah, and I'm a certified sexologist and coach, and I help people like you overcome shame, explore your sexuality, and communicate more meaningfully about sex. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you love the tips and insights that we dish out regularly about sex, then you're really going to love my free audio guide called How to Get Better in Bed. Just go to my website, sarahsense.com and join my email community. You'll get the guide as well as some other resources that I don't share anywhere else but on email. A lot of you also asked me how you can support Better in Bed and I'm really proud to announce that Better in Bed is now on Patreon. So if you sign up, you'll be able to access exclusive bonus content for our podcast episodes, including this one. There's also fun polls, behind-the-scenes stuff, and also the option to ask me a question if you'd like to. Today, we're talking about dealing with jealousy. And I feel like jealousy is one of those really complex emotions that pretty much everyone has felt at some time or another. I definitely have. And sometimes jealousy is fleeting, but sometimes it can also make you feel pretty yuck and small inside. Jealousy is particularly prevalent in relationships, whether they're sexual or romantic. So I put up a poll on my Instagram account, Hello Sarah Sense, on this topic. And 11% of you said you felt jealousy often. 39% of you said sometimes. And 50% of you said rarely or never at all. So I guess that's kind of split pretty much down the middle. A few more points I found interesting. 
a majority of you, 60%, said jealousy was a red flag for you when you're dating someone. But only 13% of you said you'd ever broken up with someone because of jealousy. So it's a red flag, but not a deal breaker. And I guess that comes down to how you're dealing with jealousy in a relationship. Our guests today are going to give us some tools and strategies to deal with jealousy in a healthy way. And I'm so, so excited to welcome them onto the podcast because I have been a avid follower of their podcast for quite a while. And I often recommend this podcast to my friends as well. So I want to introduce Jace, Dedeker, and Emily from the Multi-Amory podcast. Multi-Amory offers support and advice for modern relationships, such as polyamory and other non-traditional relationships. Their podcast has over 400 episodes, including some great episodes on managing jealousy. And I think they now also have a book with the same name. (laughs) So Jay Stedica and Emily, welcome to Better in Bed. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's so great to be here. It's so great to be recording in person in Hong Kong with you. Such a rarity in this day and age. I feel so lucky to have you guys here. So maybe you could introduce yourselves a little to it everyone listening and maybe say a little bit more about your relationship dynamic, why you started the Multi-Amory podcast. Yeah. So we've been doing the podcast now for about eight years, a little over eight years now. And when we started the podcast, it was because the three of us were polyamorous. All three of us were in a relationship with each other as well as, as other people. And I had this brilliant idea of (laughs) (laughs) so brilliant. Let's let's make a podcast about this because at the time there really weren't a lot of podcasts out there. There was really only one polyamory podcast out there at the time, which was Polyamory Weekly, and we just thought that there was a, a need for more of this information and content, especially for people who were a little bit younger than those other podcasts were at the time. And it's funny now, eight years later, that there's a lot of other polyamory podcasts and non-monogamy podcasts out there. And at the same time, our relationship dynamics have changed and our show has broadened to include more than just polyamory, that we talk a lot about monogamy as well, if it's intentional and conscious or about asexual relationships or you know various other ways relationships can look like queer platonic friendships or things like that. Yeah. That has been a really funny thing about running the podcast is in 2014 when we first started. Yeah. It felt like such a different landscape online in particular, you know, it did feel like, well, we're going to be the one other non-monogamy podcast. (laughs) And I do feel like at least what I saw around 2015, 2016, there was this big explosion of other content creators of, of people, even just regular people feeling comfortable to say in their social media profiles, yeah, I'm non-monogamous or I'm polyamorous or I'm a swinger or whatever it is. And (laughs) I don't know, funnily enough, like there's this app that, you know, incidentally app that Jason and I both use called Coral, where now this app is like, have you considered opening up your relationship? We're going (laughs) to teach you about what you should talk about. And so I'm just like, wow, it's like really kind of gotten into the culture, at least into American culture in a particular way that's so different from when we first started. 
Yeah, I think our relationship in general as it stands now is super non-traditional as well because we did used to all date each other and that was non-traditional in and of itself. And yet now we're, I mean, I'm no longer in a relationship with the two of them, but they're still in a relationship with one another. And we run a business together and are best friends and really close. And I think in a lot of ways, an emotional triad. And that is super unique simply because very many people, I I don't think very many people out there really want to hang out with their exes and want to be around them as much anymore and stuff like that. And and we decided like, let's create a business together and do that. So yeah. it's unique in and of itself. Yeah. Within the first year of the podcast, we, I mean, we went through this big relationship collapse because we were initially in a quad together. There was a, a you know, a fourth partner who was involved and all of us were also dating other people. And you know, within a year, there was this huge upset of our relationships and multiple breakups happened and lots of drama. And we still were like, I guess we'll keep recording this podcast together, you know, even in the midst of some extremely difficult things happening and difficult emotions. And, you know, I mean, still sitting down to record, even when some relationship has broken up like a week before, right. You know, like a lot of really, really intense stuff. And somehow I think, I don't know, somehow we got through it. And I think came out the other side of that just much better and stronger and closer than I think any of us were, even when we were dating. It's definitely the most unique dynamic of my life, but I could not imagine my life without it for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for working your way through your relationships by researching and then talking about relationships every week for eight years. (laughs) It definitely is helpful. Yeah. 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 But also very vulnerable in some ways. Mm. Right. Because you're also experiencing the things yeah. <laughs> that you need the tools for yeah. in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And often it's a, you know, do what I say, not what I do scenario. <laughs> um, you realize like there's a practical application versus just reading about something or researching it. And the difference is huge. And actually being able to go out and do that thing that you've been talking about for that particular week or talking about for years even, it's more challenging than it may seem. Oh, absolutely. It's also the kind of thing that I've run into with newer partners, partners who I'm not podcasting with. Uh, that's t- difficult uh, too. You yeah. Know, uh, yeah, can as, they be part of the podcast but, as well? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you wish they were. <laughs> well, well, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, to me, this feels like a chosen family relationship mm-hmm. that is really important because we end up spending a lot of time together just working, right? And so when new people, I think, come into the scene, new people that we're dating, um, sometimes that can be challenging, right? To explain how important this working relationship mm-hmm. is and how sometimes that even takes priority, right? Which is a good segue back to jealousy. Yes. Yes. Um, let's talk about that. Sure. And, yeah. And kudos for you by by the way, that the entire journey that you've been on and to where you are. But I'm sure there must have been some difficult bits and Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe you can share with people if you did feel jealous, you know, and mm-hmm. your own personal experiences as well. I'm sure people would love to hear about them. So let's just start basics. What is jealousy to start with? You have like a very specific, <laughs> like, I think, idea of what jealousy is and versus envy and things along those lines. And I think that's evolved over year over the years. Yeah, when we first started talking about this, we focused more on that difference between jealousy and envy. 
And so just to recap that real quick, basically it's that envy is I want something that someone else has. And jealousy is this, I'm afraid of losing something that I have because it's going to get taken away from me. And we focus more on that at first. And I still see some people really focus on that when they post online. But really when it comes down to it, what matters is how we actually use the word and think about the concept. And so we tend to use now just jealousy to describe all of that. Because actually in the definitions for jealousy, it does actually Envy sort of include in both. Yeah. So it's, it's something that we've loosened up a little bit on that distinction at least. So I rope in a slightly different nuance to it, especially since I'm working with clients, right? I see jealousy as it's something that shows up and it's trying to show you something or it's trying to tell you something. Like I think it's sort of the first maybe red flag that comes up or it's, or it's really more like a sign pointing you in a different direction. It's pointing you towards something, right? Either something that I'm not getting in my relationship, something that I'm longing for from a partner or from my life, some sort of insecurity that I've been holding or some sort of wound or some sort of trauma that needs healing. You know, so with my clients, when jealousy comes up, a lot of our work is actually getting underneath, well, what's actually underneath here, right? You know, it's, I find it's very rarely just as simple as like, oh, you're just jealous or you're just a jealous person and that's it, right? It's pointing you toward something, you know? So I think in more recent years, I've come to see jealousy as uh, <laughs> maybe the most positive thing I could say about it is like, it's your benevolent protector just trying to tell you. It's a you, data point, if nothing it, else. Yes, if nothing yeah. else, it, it's a data point, right? Yeah. It's trying to give you some kind of information. And so your work, I think, is figuring out what is the information that it's highlighting and then what do I do with that information? Okay, but don't you feel like sometimes jealousy is also there's so much in jealousy, right? And and sometimes it's hard for me as well um, to even define what is jealousy because there's fear, there's anger, there's disappointment. There's, I mean, there's just so many sort of faces to it. That's a great way to put it. Something we've talked about a lot before is that jealousy is this word that we use for this kind of a whole group of feelings, like you're saying, all these different things, right? There's fear, there's insecurity, there's sometimes just anger or there's desire or there's all sorts of things. And yeah, it's that the thing we usually ask people when they talk to us about jealousy is, okay, tell me more about what you're feeling. You know, what's actually going on? What's really here? Because just saying jealousy is not helpful. It's like the starting point. It's like, like Dedeker said, it's that, oh, here's a little indicator that something's going on. So then the question is, well, what's actually the thing that's going on? And I feel like so often it's less about the thing that's externally occurring and more about what's internally happening within you. And that can mean a variety of things. Like if I'm non-monogamous and I see a partner going out and doing a fun new thing with a, another, with my metamor, with another partner, that may trigger something within me. But is it actually the act that they're doing or rather something that I'm longing for that I'm hoping for instead? Like, I would love to be able to have new experiences with my partner. And I feel like we've gotten kind of into mundane more, I'm going to hang out on the couch with you and do the same thing every single night. And and it feels triggering in some way to watch 
my partner have a fun new time with their other partner. So that more is an internal thing. And I think that's so often the thing that we have to look at. And that's the challenging part, right? Because we would rather blame it on someone else or say, you know, you're the problem, not I'm the one who needs to really look inward and ask myself, what is it that that I'm really wanting here and that I really want to change potentially about something that's occurring. Yeah. And what I'm noticing already is that the way you guys are talking about jealousy is that it sounds like you, you're just accepting it and normalizing it as a very healthy part of a relationship. However, I don't know if a lot of people feel that way about jealousy because I, I think if you told them, oh, have you ever felt jealousy? They would feel, oh God, and it's <laughs> bad and painful yeah, and sure. feels awful and they don't want it. And it's, you know, generally negative, actually. Well, I mean, what's your take on that? And how have you sort of reframed it? Um, yeah, like you know, I yeah. think that is apt because I do think that if anything that being non-monogamous has taught me, I think it is reducing the fear of feeling jealous. Like I do think there is a normalizing process going on. I think that in very traditional relationships, the expectation is like to feel romantic jealousy is such a bad feeling that we both need to go through every possible strategy we can to avoid any exposure to romantic jealousy. Right. So you know, Read and that's all the books, do all the things. Well, it's yeah. like that you yeah. can't even look at someone don't else. Don't look you at someone else. Don't compliment someone else. Someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even don't even have friends of the gender that is the most threatening to me, sure. you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And I will say it's not that I'm into feeling jealousy. It doesn't feel good. Like I don't look forward to feeling it, but I know that when I'm feeling it, there's not those same alarm bells going off of like, Oh God, this means it's a bad relationship. If you're feeling any jealousy whatsoever, or, the alarm bells that are saying, oh God, if you're feeling jealousy, it must be telling you the truth about a relationship. So I guess there is that particular flavor there. I think one distinction worth making is the difference between feeling some kind of jealousy and and what I would call doing jealousy. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And when, when we think about all of the terrible things associated with jealousy, at least in my opinion, it's less about just the feeling itself and it's more about all the suffering that's caused or the restrictions upon another person. Right. Like all the results of people feeling jealousy and trying not to. Right. So it's like Mm. killing someone in a jealous rage at the extreme end. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or that like, you can't talk to that person or I'm going to monitor everything you do because I'm jealous or it's like, that's what people see and go, yikes, jealousy equals bad. Sure. But it's the behavior that's bad. Mm -hmm. So I, Mm -hmm. I would maybe say one way to think about it is feeling jealousy is okay, but, doing jealousy or, you know, kind of acting out on the jealousy is not okay. Yeah. And that's why people go, no. And I do think something I've noticed in recent years is I do think when I was much younger and especially when I was first trying out non-monogamy, I was very much in that camp of, oh my God, if someone I'm dating displays jealousy, they're out. That's a red flag. Don't want to deal with that. Um, For all you polyamorous people out there, (laughs) like newer polyamorous people, just, yeah, it's going to be okay. Like (laughs) Jealousy is going to happen and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so what I've noticed in recent years is I actually feel more open to having partners who express their jealousy to Mm -hmm. me because I think Mm -hmm. I've had more experiences with partners who can 
express jealousy, but it doesn't automatically mean they're going to act jealous and restrict me. Mm-hmm. You know, they can be vulnerable to say, Hey, this is really challenging or, Hey, you know, I want to be the best at sex, <laughs> you know? And like, and that's my thing, but it doesn't automatically translate to, and therefore that means you better not have sex with anybody else, or you better not talk to me about your other partners. Right. right. And so or I'm saying this to you to try to get you to, you know, stop doing that. So I do think in recent years, my relationship to my partner's jealousy has become almost more positive of like, Oh, oh, geez. Well, shucks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> almost kind of cute because it's, I think it's uncoupled from the behavior and the restrictions. Mm. Like it's more about being vulnerable and admitting yeah. some, some yes. fear. Yeah. Very interesting. I think many people assume that if you're in some kind of open or poly arrangement, you just don't ever feel jealous. Whereas clearly you guys are saying that, no, you do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm probably. <laughs> and, and maybe that's a misconception, right? But I, I, again, like I think there are lots of people who are maybe in more traditional relationships where they're like, oh, okay, these people in poly relationships, they've, they've Zen mastered. Polyamorous people like to think that way about themselves <laughs> sure, as well. But yeah, it's not an issue, but I guess like, what are your personal experiences with feeling jealous and has it ever impacted any of your relationships? Gosh, who's going to go first? Yeah, I'll I'll go first. I'm not in a polyamorous relationship right now. Mm -hmm. I'm with a partner that I've been with for about eight years that we met around the time that this podcast was becoming a thing. Um, so you started out polyamorous with them. Correct. And during that time, I was shocked and surprised at the amount of jealousy that I felt. And usually it manifested in, I saw women that he was dating that I felt perhaps like intellectually inferior to, for instance, and that was, you know, it, they would read poetry together, maybe, <laughs> as a as a for instance, yeah. And that um, definitely was really difficult for me and surprising in that way that I, I just didn't expect to feel that because I I had done this show for a number of years and really thought that I had mastered that side but of you myself. You thought you had done mastered, yeah, it. for sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it was <laughs> shocking to realize that that wasn't necessarily the case. Mm. And so, yeah, I think it, I definitely did not always handle it in the best way, especially when that might've been six years ago or something now. And I would cry and be upset and, and then eventually be like, well, you also have some good qualities and just calm the fuck down. That was the challenging thing from time to time to realize, yes, I'm going to feel things because it's human to feel things and we're allowed to do that. But if we act upon it, if we can cause or, or I'm sorry, calm our physiological response and be able to move in a direction of what am I learning from this? What am I feeling internally that's going to get me perhaps to a better place eventually instead of acting upon it in a irrational way? Yeah. Yeah. But, oh yeah, I felt it. <laughs> I felt it with the two of them too. I mean, the two of you rather. Yes. And that, that's a whole other thing, but you can, you can talk first if you want. <laughs> no, I just, I would just say simply that, yeah, it comes up now and again. I would say for me in recent years, I would say in the last, I don't know, six years or so, it's hasn't come up strongly. Uh, I think, I think starting out 
And also we were just kind of in a more tumultuous time in our own relationships being a little bit newer. So they're a little, a little less safe feeling yet. I think there's feeling more secure in your relationship helps alleviate some of that jealousy. But I would say in the last probably six years or so, it's been, I haven't had any experiences of it being really intense, that, that intense kind of freak out feeling of it. But it'll be like hints of it that'll show up where it's like, okay, I'm feeling like, I feel this weird threat or something from, you know, maybe some other relationship that Dedeker had. And then it would be that question of, okay, what is it really? Is it that I wish I was dating more? Mm, no, no, I don't think it's that. Just as an example, right? It's just, okay, no, maybe it's not that. Is it that I feel like she's having more sex than I am? Is it that I want to be having more sex? I'm like, yeah, maybe that's it. It's like, well, maybe it's not that. You know, it's, <laughs> so it's kind of that that questioning of what is it actually that I'm not getting enough of or or that I'm wishing I had more of or kind of like Emily was saying, is it just that I'm feeling like, I'm not good enough. And yeah. so then it's like, okay, maybe Which I should a big one. think about that. Yeah. So for me, it, it tends to show up that way of as soon as I start to feel that feeling, it's like, okay, what's, what is it that I'm actually wishing I had more of? Actually, one other thing I did want to throw out there that was a big revelation for me a few years ago is about sex actually. And it's about jealousy about your partner seeming like they're having more or maybe better sex than you. And that, you know, it's, you can never really know that, right? If you're not the one having the sex, you can't. If you're not witnessing it. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. You can't really know that. And, and in terms of how much it is, often you don't really know all the details of that either. And it's, it's complicated. But the thing I discovered for me was that there was also this piece of feeling. And I think for me, part of this was, is being a man and kind of mm-hmm. being socialized with that. But it's that if I'm not having as much sex as my partner, or I'm not having what I consider a lot of it, then I'm failing somehow. Like failing as a man in particular. Right. That there's kind of this social idea that as a man, if I'm having more sex, that means I'm also worth more and I'm more desirable and and all of this stuff that we get from that. And so kind of when I gave that example before of really getting down to, is it actually that I want to be having more sex? I started kind of seeing, no, actually I'm I feel pretty good on that front. And, you know, there are some times, like recently, where it's like, yeah, actually having some more sex with some new people would be fun. Yeah. But a lot of the times I realized it was actually just kind of my pride or my socializing. Your internal socializing, yeah. Yeah, that made me feel like I should be doing this more. And if I'm not, I'm failing somehow. So that's just something I want to throw out there in case that's helpful to someone else who might be listening. Is jealousy a sign of love? I love that question. So a few years ago when we were doing the research for our attachment styles episode, we found that the mainstream school of thought is that jealousy is a sign of a secure attachment, which is so interesting. So most of the research 
on attachment styles has been done either on parents and children, you know, that was the foundation of creating attachment theory, or on mostly monogamous couples. And so I remember first reading this and us being like, what? That's <laughs> bullshit. Like, really? Yeah. Like, that can't be true. And I think that my thought has changed a lot on that over the years. So initially it was like, yeah, but I know all of these non-monogamous people in relationship who don't feel jealousy and clearly are very secure. So it's not that jealousy has to be present in order to indicate that there's a secure relationship. But now I think I've realized that it's not that people in loving, secure, attached relationships never feel jealous. But I do think there is something about feeling safe enough to be vulnerable Mm. about that jealousy, Mm. you know? Mm. To even know that it's occurring. Yeah. And so is it a sign of love? I will say, I think it's a sign that there's some stakes here for you in the relationship. I don't Mm. think that this applies to necessarily 100% of relationships because I do think there can be like horrible pathological Mm -hmm. jealousy. There can be jealousy that's very abusive. That's very controlling. You know, I think there can be people with unresolved issues that manifest as extreme, terrible jealousy in a relationship. But I would, if I exclude that and I would say like most people's kind of garden variety, everyday jealousy, Again, to go back to my whole thing of like jealousy is pointing towards something. I think often it's pointing towards like this relationship is important to you Hmm. in some way. Whether it's important as in this is the person I've been with for 20 years and I want to be with them for 20 years more and I'm scared that they're not going to be there. And so that's what the jealousy is pointing you towards. Or if it's like this is my hookup and I really enjoy the sex and I'm just scared that maybe they'll think someone else is sexier than I am and not want to have sex with me. Right. So, so I don't know if I would say that it's automatically a sign of love. I think for most people it's a sign that there's something important here for you. That's my take. I do want to just say though, that there is this romanticization of jealousy in a way that we should potentially caution against. And that is a very mainstream view in my mind that people tend to say jealousy equals love, that I want somebody who is so into me that if I look at another person, they're going to be super jealous of that. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to try to make them yeah. mad. Or I'm going to, exactly. Or I'm going to play some games to be jealous, you know, to make them jealous in some form or fashion. And that's not what we're talking about. I would hope. Yeah. I think it's more along the lines of if you feel jealousy, how are we going to act upon it? What are we going to do internally? What kind of work are we going to look at in terms of, am I upset about this thing? Is this triggering a feeling that I had back when I was a kid because my father withheld emotion from me or whatever it might be? And I think those things, as we've said, are the things to really look at. And that's okay within a relationship, but but true, like jealousy equals love is probably not it's where not I that would go. Simple. No, it's yeah. not that simple. And yeah. that's reducing it to something that's maybe not healthy. And one other piece that we haven't quite mentioned yet is that when jealousy is coming up, it might be a sign that something is wrong. That's true. Mm, yes. Right. hundred yeah. percent. So in that example of kind of that, oh, I, I want my partner to feel jealous because that's how I know they care. And maybe you're doing shitty stuff to them to make them feel bad if they're feeling that jealousy on their side or maybe you are just doing something bad right exactly exactly that that on their side it might be like yeah i'm feeling jealous i don't feel like i should but i'm feeling jealous it's like 
there is also the possibility that it's telling you, yeah, my partner is not being cool, mm-hmm. right? My partner is kind of uh, either intentionally hurting me or just being negligent of my yeah, feelings. Yeah, not giving me what I need. Withholding information, any of the above. Yeah. Right. So, so again, t- again, to go back but to this idea. it's pointing you towards it's something. You to something. That's true. Yep. It's something. It still is information. It's information. Right. And yes. that's, that is a good thing. And because, it's, yeah. yeah. It's very possible that the thing it's pointing you toward is, yeah, this relationship actually isn't safe. And that's why you feel threatened in this relationship. So that's also a possibility. Yeah, I will say that I think in what I consider to be my first, like actually polyamorous relationship as in the first relationship I was in where it was very emotionally attached and my partner had another like emotionally important relationship. I felt so much jealousy. And again, it was after I'd already been in open relationships for several years and I was like, what is wrong with me? Why is this happening? And I really beat myself up a lot in that relationship over feeling jealous when the reality is that partner was being super shitty, was like mm-hmm. lying to both mm-hmm. people, was like really not being ethical, really not being honest, really not meeting the things that I needed. And so the, at least the jealous feelings were completely justified. Some of my behavior maybe was not the greatest, but the feelings I think again were pointing me towards, hey, there's something not right in this relationship. There's a way that your needs are not being met. Before we get back to the discussion, we want to take a quick break to talk about how you can support this show. Honestly, the biggest way you can help this show is by becoming a patron. And our patrons are the best. They're amazing. I love our community. Our Discord server is... Now, I will tell you, I'm a member of probably 30 different Discord servers, but the one that by far has the best community, the most supportive, the most interesting different channels of discussion that are being updated every day is the Multi-Amory Discord. And sure, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but it really is amazing. It's a fantastic community to be part of. And you can do that by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash multiamory, or you can go to multiamory.com slash join to get redirected there. And you can learn about all the different tiers and all the really cool benefits that we have for people who help support this show. In addition to that, we do have sponsors on this show because it's important to us that this show is also available to everybody out there for free so that they can get this information if it's helpful to them. And so to do that, just take a moment, listen to our sponsors. If any are interesting to you, check them out. That really does directly help support our show. To help us keep this show going, and spreading out into the universe. Support for Multiamory is brought to you by Dipsy. So I have some news to share with the two of you, which mm. is that I have a new partner, uh, a new boyfriend, if we're going to be specific about it. It's uh, it's Hades, Lord of the Ooh. Dead. Oh, good. Good. Right? Just never have a falling out. How about that? Well, yeah, I mean, it really motivates you to have some good metamor relationships, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. But he's surprisingly personable, surprisingly personable. Just, just, just trust me on this one. Okay, really though. So uh, while I've been having some alone time recently, I have been dipping my toes into Dipsy more often. And uh, like they have uh, many, many new stories. They have a lot of like historical stories and some fantasy stories. They have this whole Hades and Persephone story that I did not think that I was going to be into. And turns out I'm really into it. Wow. My goodness, Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories, and they bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. You can discover stories about Hades and Persephone, or adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. 
There is a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, with Greek gods, just like Dedeker was talking about, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. I did listen to some of the fairy smut. I, I was less into the fairy smut, uh, more into the Greek gods okay, myself. Go. Mm, but okay. but There's still, still even though I even though I wasn't as into the fairy smut, still very well written and very well produced. Sure. And I, I would highly recommend it to all of my friends who are into fairy smut. Absolutely. And new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash multi. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash multi. dipseastories.com slash multi. Support for Multiamory comes from our sponsor, Pretty Litter. I don't know about all of you out there, but every time you go into an apartment that has a cat, sometimes you can really tell that... The cat is there, and it really doesn't smell very good. And that's one of the less exciting, wonderful things about having a lovely, cute, cuddly cat. But it's fantastic when you have amazing litter, like our sponsor Pretty Litter, that really doesn't smell. It doesn't clump. It always makes the house smell amazing and fresh and clean. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap order. It is ultra-absorbent, lightweight, low-dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month without clumping, as Emily said. That means that you're not wasting litter. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. The litter's crystals will change color also to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat, like urinary tract infections, kidney issues, and more. And it ships free right to your door. I count on Pretty Litter to keep my house smelling fresh and clean. You can too. Go to prettylitter.com slash multiamory to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash multiamory to save 20% on your first order. prettylitter.com slash multiamory. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is sponsored by Uberlube. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether you're alone, with a partner, or with a whole slew of partners, and if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality, body-safe ingredients, and for that, nothing beats all of our favorite Uberlube. Uberlube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant that is made from clean, body-friendly ingredients. It is just silicone with a little bit of vitamin E that actually moisturizes your skin. You can also use it in your hair for hair frizzies, you can use it for chafing, for massage, and more. Thousands of doctors recommend Uberlube as their go-to solution for patients experiencing dryness. The very simple ingredient list makes it widely used by people with sensitivities to other lubricants. Right now, Uberlube is offering Multiamory listeners a special offer of 10% off and free shipping when you use our code MULTIAMORY at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping. Just use code MULTIAMORY at U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E dot com. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of pros, and they're truly custom made to order hair care. I absolutely love it. I do not want to go back to anything else. Switching to a custom routine from pros was one of the best things that I've done for my hair, and the results I'm seeing just keep on getting better. I love how hydrated and shiny and flake-free my hair is just because I'm using pros. It really feels luxurious in the shower, 
I love the fact that my name is all over it and that it's custom just for me. All of my products are vegan, which is a very important thing to me. And I love that I get to change up the formula if I have anything in my life that's changing. Like, I may be moving to New York soon, and then I get to have a whole nother zip code that my pros is going to ship to, and I can change that from my LA zip code that I used to have. What's so cool about it is that that zip code is not just there to change where they send the product, but it actually can change the formulation based on the weather, the levels of pollution, the humidity in that area. So that's what we mean when we talk about pros being custom hair care, that there's more to you than just the texture of your hair. So Pros has this in-depth hair consultation that you can take on their site and you answer things like where you live, but also your eating habits, the damage level of your hair, what are things you like and don't like about it, the length, how much you exercise. And by analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients to get you closer to your hair goals and make a custom formulation for you that you can refine and tweak whenever you want to make little changes. Custom, made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Go to pros.com slash multiamory. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash multiamory for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Okay, guys. Well, you know, one of the things actually I really love about the Multi-Amory podcast is that you guys give so many practical tools and frameworks to people. And so I'm going to ask you, what are some of your top tools to help deal with jealousy in a healthy way? Hmm. Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) We did just record two episodes. It was a two-parter, 50 different ways to handle jealousy. So if people want to go check that out, that's Multiamory episodes 394 and 395. It's hard to pick my favorites from that (laughs) list. But I will say the first things that come to mind, like if I was just suddenly to have a jealousy spike right now in this moment, probably the first tool I would whip out is what's known as mind mapping, which is sitting down with a piece of paper. You can get as many art supplies as you like. And what I like to do is literally just kind of like artistically draw out a map of everything that's going through my mind in that moment. So it can be things like, oh, it's bringing up this memory of this time in my relationship. And that's like a spiky storm cloud or whatever. And I'm going to write in kind of what the memories are and the feelings. But then also it's bringing up weirdly some feelings of compersion and actually joy that my partner is having a good time. And so this is kind of like a pink fluffy cloud over here, but then it's bringing up like all these questions that I have about the situation in the future. Like these are the anxiety questions that are coming up. And I really like that just to get all my thoughts outside of myself and to kind of have a sense of all the different moving pieces that are happening there. I would say that would probably be the first thing I would reach for. Hmm. And if so it was right now, what does that do? It just helps you deconstruct all of yes. the sort of complexities and the many different things that yeah. are encompassed within jealousy. And then it gives me a starting point for a conversation with my partner, potentially, if it feels appropriate to share it with my partner, where I can be like, yeah, so I had these feelings that came up and it, it reminded me of this time. But then also I had these questions, but then also I also feel actually joyful and happy, you know, that I get to more accurately 
express what my inner life is instead of just in the moment, as soon as the jealousy spike comes up, it's just like the first thing that pops into my brain comes out my mouth. Right. Mm. Mm. I love that. One that I found on our long, long list. (laughs) (laughs) I was a therapist dump, which I really love because I actually started therapy not too terribly long ago after many years of trying to figure out, am I going to do this? Am I not? And if you have the privilege to be able to meet with a therapist or even a very, very trusted friend in some way to be able to speak with them about what's going on internally before and maybe in place of dumping all of this on your partner and kind of getting it out in the open in a way and maybe getting some feedback, I think is really powerful and a really great tool to do, especially because when we're in the midst of maybe an intense, you know, moment of jealousy, we may not act or speak in a manner that is as appropriate as it should be, especially towards our partner. And I think if we can do that first with somebody who is trusted and who may even be able to help uh, in a really productive way, then that's ideal. That's so interesting because I think intuitively you would just think, oh, my partner needs yeah, to know that's this. All. You right. know. But a third party, I think, could be really helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a couple. So one, okay. one is if you're someone who likes to really kind of logic your way through things and do, like if, if the idea of doing some worksheets sounds fun or <laughs> nice to you. Which you kind of like. <laughs> uh, sometimes, right? It depends on kind of how I'm feeling. But uh, there's one by Kathy Labriola called The Jealousy Workbook. And then also one by Kitty Chambliss called The Jealousy Workbook. <laughs> 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 so if you look for that, both of those are nice kind of structured ways that you could go through it. But then for something totally different is the big thing for me is sleeping more Mm. is that so, so many of the times when I'm just feeling like I can't handle these feelings, I'm overwhelmed. I'm feeling sad and I don't know why, or I'm feeling threatened and I don't know why I've, I've learned comes down to that. I'm not getting enough sleep and it's just so important for our mental health. And I know it's not always easy to do, especially right now while we're in Hong Kong, I'm getting up at 4.30 AM every day for my work. Because it's in the U.S. and so I have to overlap with that time zone, uh, and so it's hard to do that. But just just last night, I think I said to Dedeker, "I'm like I'm feeling sad," and she's like, "Why is that?" I was like, "I think it's because I'm tired." She said, "Yeah, <laughs> it is." <laughs> and so just kind of self care, I would say, is part of that, right? So it's not just am I sleeping enough, but also it's am I getting exercise, if that's something that makes me feel better. Am I having fun? Am I doing something besides working all the time or besides going on dates all the time? Am I doing other things that are relaxing and fun and make me feel good about myself? So I'd say kind of self-care with an emphasis on sleep. Yeah, wow. That that reminds me of like this moment in time for me right now that I am on this contract. The reason I'm in Hong Kong is that I get to be on a performance contract at Hong Kong Disneyland. And I definitely like internally feel some of the best that I felt about myself in a really long time. And I think that's huge because there are times when we're so vulnerable and wounded and internally not at our best, just because 
of our external circumstance. And I think that's so true that it can be something as small and slight as like, I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm not working out as much as I maybe want to be or whatever. I didn't get enough food today, you know, things along those lines. But I think it, it, it can be bigger and more global that maybe our circumstance needs to change in a, in a larger way. And definitely right now, like my, my faculties emotionally, I think are really high because I feel good about myself mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's not always the case. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I'm more, I have the potential to lash out more at a partner or be in a worse mood just simply because I don't feel as good about myself. And I think that's big. That's a big thing to really look at at a global level. Yeah. And the same incident that can trigger jealousy, if you're in a good place. Yeah. hundred yes. um, percent. And, and you've slept well, you've yes. eaten well, mm-hmm. you're not yes. tired. That you can just sort of handle it. You can just yes. kind of brush yeah, it's it like, off. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah, that's good. Cool. But when you are already in that yeah. sort of like you're worn down and you're drained. But then- I love that because <laughs> it it takes it more down to a granular level and it realizes that like it's a fleeting moment in time. It's not something that's going to be forever. And it's not something that's even like true, quote unquote, like it just is in that particular second of your life or whatever. Maybe it lasts for a while, but it's not, it it doesn't always have to be because in another moment you may be feeling better and you may be able to handle it better. So let's say I am feeling jealous and I want to talk to my partner about it. What are the do's and don'ts with regards to starting this conversation? Yeah. Yes. So I always recommend that people use I statements. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a very couples therapist thing Mm -hmm, to do. mm -hmm, But yeah, I think that's fundamental where it lands very differently if you approach your partner saying, I'm having some really difficult feelings coming up about the fact that you went and had tea with this other person (laughs) versus you went and had tea and you made me jealous and you completely disregarded my feelings and you didn't think about me at all. Right. And you may be feeling that way, right? Like it doesn't mean that if you feel that way, that that's wrong, but it's just, it's really about what you're needing in that moment, most likely what you're needing is to be heard and to be received and to be comforted by your partner. And so if you can at least shift to using statements that describe you and describe your needs and your actions, it's going to increase the chances that your partner is going to be able to hear you and receive you in that moment instead of just hearing criticism and attack, which is most likely uh, to result in like a defensive response right Mm -hmm. away. Yeah. Yeah. I would say another thing to think about for that is communicating at times when you're not feeling the jealousy as much. So for for a lot of people, we only bring something up that's maybe a little uncomfortable with our partner when we're right in the heat of it, right? And so it's right as you're about to go out on a date or it's as we're trying to get to bed tonight and you have to work tomorrow because you were on a date yesterday and like it's on my mind now and I'm upset right now and so I need to talk about it now. And while there is some value in addressing things as they come up, having some kind of time set aside in advance, and we're big advocates of having a regular check-in for Mm, your relationships, mm -hmm. but having that time to talk about it when you're not 
right in the heat (laughs) of being upset is helpful for two big reasons. One is just you have more of your faculties about you. But two is that having it set in advance means that like for me, when stuff comes up, sometimes I go, oh, I'm like, I'm annoyed about this. I'm frustrated about this. But you know what? I know that we have our time set aside in a couple of weeks. So this isn't so uh, so bad that I need to talk about it right this second. I'll, I'll wait a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll even make a note for myself. I'll ri- you know, write in my journal on my phone or on paper or whatever and say, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I'm so mad that you did this thing or whatever. <laughs> and really often I'll get to that a week or two weeks later or whenever it is that we have that time set aside and I'll read back through my notes. I'm like, yeah, I mean, hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about it, but I don't feel like I did then. And so it also helps you know, I'm going to get to this. So I don't need to stress about talking about it right now when I'm the most upset. Hmm. I, yeah, I just do want to throw out the acronym HALT, which we talk mm. about a lot. Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And we also threw in drunk into that <laughs> one or drugs or, it, you know. Yeah, sick. Exactly. Sick, yeah. sick is in there. Yeah. And just if if you were any of those things, potentially you're not going to be feeling at your best. So perhaps stop the conversation and deal with those things before you come back to them. And I think that applies in jealous situations as well. Not just, you know, fights or whatever, but whatever it's about, especially if you are feeling super jealous, maybe take a minute, like calm your physiological response and then come back to the issue at hand. And what about some tips for the receiving partner of this conversation? Because I'm going to tell you my own personal experiences. I think very similar to you, Dedeker. I used to have a lot of issues with people, partners who were jealous who would come and tell me about it. And I get so annoyed and frustrated with them. I'd be like, why, why aren't you over this? Like, why, huh. aren't, mm. why aren't you more evolved than this? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. tips for the receiving partner of this conversation. Yeah, I would say, I mean, this isn't just on the receiving partner, but, you know, so first of all, anything that you can do to just listen openly and compassionately, you know, listen first without rushing to being defensive, like really bring your curiosity, right? Like, I think your curiosity needs to be your first first foot forward of just really trying to understand where your partner is coming from and what they're feeling, right? That's not always easy to do. Again, it helps if you're not hungry, angry, lonely, (laughs) tired, drunk, Mm -hmm. drugs, Mm -hmm. drugs, sick, any of those things. Um, And then I think the next most important part of the conversation is, again, bringing that curiosity about what's the purpose in your partner telling you about this, right? Is it just that they just want you to know? They just want to be heard. It's just important for you to know that they're feeling this way. Is it that they just want reassurance and comfort and love? You know, is it they just want you to tell them that you still think they're hot or, (laughs) you know, or is it, are they asking for something specific? You know, is like, are they asking you to not hang out with this person anymore? Are they asking, hey, I would like for you to flirt with me in that same way? Or, hey, I would like us to also go out on this particular type of date, right? So I I think that's the best thing that I can offer to the receiving. And of course, if your partner comes in like a wrecking ball, like really (laughs) aggressive and really critical, it can be really hard Mm -hmm. to do that and be compassionate. And so, I mean, if you're with a partner who's constantly coming in that way, there may be some other issues to address. But if that's not the case, yeah, I think like lead with curiosity, I would say. 
Yeah, I think that's great. I think there's not a lot more than one can ask for, but that, and I think, yeah, if you are also feeling super energized and anxious and intense in that moment because of this information, then perhaps give yourself a moment. Yeah. 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 Once you hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many of us just like react immediately upon hearing something and we don't give ourselves time to process. And it's important to do that if we can. Yeah. And if you have a lot of past experience in relationships of my partner expresses jealousy and that means they're asking me to do something that means they're trying to control me in some way. You know, I've definitely, I know this is true about myself. This is true about a lot of the people that I've worked with that can kind of preload that response yeah. to not want to listen. But we're and all yeah. individual and we need to realize that mm-hmm. our relationships are as well, mm-hmm. as difficult as that is. Yeah. Hmm. So on the Instagram poll that I actually put up about this jealousy topic, I did ask my followers the question, can feeling some jealousy be erotic for you? And 62% of people said yes. yes. Wow. Yeah, I was yeah. going to guess. That would be my <laughs> guess. Sure. That's actually a slight majority. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this leads me into my next question. Why am I turned on by jealousy? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you, Sarah, turned on by jealousy? <laughs> well, I, it could be me. I would like to know the answer to this as well. But this... this Um, Question is from one of my followers. So why am I turned on by jealousy? Sometimes I fantasize about my partner sleeping with other women and it's hot because I feel mildly jealous. But I'm not sure I would really like this to happen in real life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, I mean, there's there's so much there and it's it's awesome. I mean, I, I I love that the listener is able to even see that and say that and understand what's going on. There's a bunch of pieces there. So what so, is going on? <laughs> yeah, right. but why? Sure. So why is so, this such a turn on? First of all, first of all, this is something <laughs> that um, who is it? Uh, Doctor Ryan. What's his oh, first? Oh, Ryan name? Witherspoon. No. Oh, Christopher. Last, Christopher, Christopher Ryan. Christopher Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> two two first names. <laughs> two different in one Dr. name. Ryan's. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Christopher Ryan loves to talk about this a lot about studies where one of the most popular. Um, popular uh, searches for porn for men is uh, like gangbangs or multiple men with one woman, which Mm. in our normal day-to-day relationships, most men don't want other men with the woman that they're dating. Again, I'm assuming heterosexual men here because that's who this this data was about. Uh, But he likes to bring that up a lot to talk about how there's this kind of maybe competitiveness or jealousness that feeds into getting turned on testosterone like, production right, testosterone <laughs> production it's like yeah. oh yeah but i'm gonna do her so much better put so many more <laughs> oh, babies in I her see. or whatever you know what you know what all of a sudden the women are like <laughs> yeah okay. i know uh, yeah totally but but i think that this is not actually something that's unique to to heterosexual men at all mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. That, that there is something there about this like mm, but like this thing's great because i know other people want it and so mm. now I want it, right? It's the oh, same yeah. reason why we buy the newest iPhone or whatever, or, right? It's yeah, like, or why people are like, <laughs> you said this earlier that, oh, you're a little jealous of me? Like, oh, that's kind of cute. Like, yeah. oh, I, like, I kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, that mm. it happens kind of in that fashion. Yeah, I, I think about um, the work of Esther Perel. Mm. She talks a lot about how 
particularly in long-term relationship, what feeds desire is like, we do want to feel close and we want to feel safe, but also we need distance as Mm. well in order to feel desire. Yeah. There's a sexiness to that. Yeah. So, so it doesn't necessarily have to be, I want my partner to be gang banged or, or it doesn't necessarily have to be, I want my partner to have sex with other people, but it could be my partner just having a separate social life, having other hobbies, having other passions. And the way that I think about it is that it's almost like we like having their, having a runway that we can pursue along because the pursuit mm. is sexy. The sense of distance is sexy. So I suspect it may be some of mm. that. Again, normalizing the fact that we can fantasize about things and get turned on by things that we just don't actually want in real life. And that's totally fine. That's a very common part of the human experience, I think. Mm. Yes. And that's the piece I wanted to come back sure, to. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it is. I think it's really astute of your listener to realize I'm not sure that I would actually like this in real life in practice. Mm -hmm. And that's why humans are so cool because (laughs) we have imaginations and we can role play and that this could be something to explore. But in in, a safe way. Yeah. In a safe way. That's like, I would, I just want to think about this and maybe let's, Let's play with that. Let's role play. Right. Let's you talk tell about me it. as if that mm-hmm. had happened. Yeah. Mm. Right. Or I can be the sexy stranger that I can feel right. you could jealous of later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. That's yeah. a great idea right there. You get to be both sides of it, right? Mm. Like yeah. you go yeah. to the store and, you know, buy a wig or some different clothes or yeah. like do something different. Right? Like I'm this new person that we're yeah. just hooking up with. And then later you can be you being jealous of that. <laughs> yeah. And then getting turned on by it, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. love I love just being able to explore those options mm. without it having to be, I want you to go do that if I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with that. And that I because you know, the worst thing you could do would say, I think this is hot. Your partner goes, cool, check. Mm-hmm. I will go <laughs> do that. Bye. And then yeah. it's actually super upsetting to you yeah, and yeah. damaging mm-hmm. to your relationship. You don't want that. But there's a whole world of other things you could try that could be could be super hot. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, my personal experience is that sometimes when I see other people desire my partner, mm-hmm. it makes me, it reminds me, I think sometimes mm-hmm. about how that they desirable, are desirable. Yeah. they are, yeah. right? And sometimes, especially when you've been in a relationship for a while, sometimes you you may get so familiar mm-hmm. with a partner mm-hmm. that, you know, you're seeing their dirty laundry, you're seeing their, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. the, the, 100%. all of that clutter that they've left on the table and stuff like that. And sometimes you forget that. And I think that sort of, that switch in perspective mm. um, sometimes can be very erotic, mm-hmm. at least from my personal experience. Yes. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. Totally. Yeah. So last bit is a speed round. It's actually called our quickie but goodie section. (laughs) It it happens in all of the podcast episodes that I do. So it's a trademark. So all of you guys have about just two seconds to spontaneously. Ah! Two two seconds. Yeah. Spontaneously respond to 
my prompts here. Do, so do we, do we each do it? Or uh, we all yeah. do it at the same time? Don't do it at the same time. You each do it. You each do it. I can, I can like sense the nerves already. We just got to start. We got to start with you. We're all in world drama people. We can freaking improv. We can zip zap zap. We can zip zap zap. Okay. But you got to start. But hold on, hold on. Today, what we're going to do for Quickie Buggity is a Never Have I Ever. <gasps> oh. The oh. Jealousy Edition. Oh. Okay. okay. Wow. Okay. So okay. I'm okay. going to lead okay. you each with a statement and I'm going to say Never Have I Ever whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you guys just spontaneously say oh I have gosh. or I've never. And if you want to quickly, obviously, just if you have and you quickly want to tell a story, that's okay. cool. If you don't okay. want to, it's fine. We'll go on to the next one, right? Okay. All okay, super so spontaneous. I have or I've, I've never. <laughs> I've yeah. never. Okay. You, okay. You know how to play. Okay. I've never, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. You played this. Ever. You yes. played this. It's good that we've gotten okay. enough alcohol in you guys by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was all Boy. a plan all along. <laughs> <laughs> you can right. ply them with alcohol, I guess. Okay. All right. This is an easy one. Okay. Never have I ever felt jealous of a famous celebrity? I have. I I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard one. I have. I definitely have. Anyone? anyone I was just thinking, I saw recently The Menu and I saw Anya Taylor-Joy and I was like, that bitch is so hot (laughs) and she's so hot right now. Right. And I want to be her. Mm. Oh, also, yes. my partner yeah. and I call her hot fish because her <laughs> eyes are like over here. She's a really hot fish. Yeah. Mm. No, mm. I am remembering now. I did mm-hmm. feel so jealous when I found out back in like middle school that uh, Gavin Rosdale and Gwen Stefani got together. And I was jealous <laughs> of both of them because I liked both of them. God damn it. God <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. I was jealous of Evan Rachel Wood when I found oh. out we have the same exact birthday, like oh. same year. Oh. Even like we're the same exact oh, age. No. And, really? And being like, oh, she's so much more successful. Mm, that's rough. Yeah. 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 Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Never have I ever experienced social media envy. So you've seen somebody's life on social I media. I certainly have. I mean, that's, that's, isn't that what social media is for? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think there was any other option on social media. <laughs> I mean, there's so many beautiful pictures of people in Hong Kong. Also, like everyone is taking gorgeous pictures of themselves at mm. Hong Kong Disneyland. And How I'm are like, they all so perfect? I don't know. <laughs> and we did a special media day with Cayenne. I don't know if you know who that is. I- I don't. Yeah. She's a singer. Yeah. She's a, a, and she's super hot. (laughs) And (laughs) she, and we're seeing her all over the subway, the, the Metro and she's super hot everywhere. So I'm super jealous of her. (laughs) She got a Prada bag yesterday and a Burberry bag and a Disneyland tree oh my God. Christmas tree and I How want that tree she? we have to pay How for it and she doesn't have to okay <laughs> anyways that was five seconds <laughs> I'm sorry How okay. Dare she? <laughs> okay never have I ever been a jerk to someone because I was jealous oh god times <laughs> 2000 yeah. percent come on yeah, I think I we've all talked about this already okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I threw away a metamorph's toothbrush once oh shit a metamorph's toothbrush oh shit I was so jealous. <laughs> it wasn't mine was it yours no 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 it wasn't oh. yours no, it wasn't mine. yours mine. It, was, it was not mine I can't no. say her name okay on the okay yeah, yeah, yeah no that's fine okay, I think I'll 
Oh, hey. oh yeah, I know who it is. So we'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> okay, never have I ever known something would make a partner jealous, but still went ahead and did it anyway. Oh, yes, definitely have. Yikes. <laughs> I have, but like... Uh... I can't think of an example, but I'm sure that I have. I've done it from that place that you were mentioning of like, why can't they be more evolved? Why can't they get over it? I'm just going to do it. Whoa. Oh, I see. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Like see, they're being immature. Of- yeah. It's mm. not a frustration. Mm. I'm sure I've done it, but I can't think of any either. Mm. But I bet I have because I'm, you know, petty. <laughs> or at least I was once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Okay. Never have I ever stalked an ex oh, on social geez, media. Emily is the oh. worst at this. <laughs> Emily is like a professional. I'm sorry, but I, I stalk our mutual ex. Okay. Emily and stalks is stalks my exes that I don't stalk anymore. I have stalked your exes as well, just because I'm interested in seeing what's happening with them. <laughs> because mm-hmm. we're yeah, I don't a know. Deep Wait, interest. but Jace, have you? <laughs> I don't think you have really. Ever. Uh, no, no, I'm going to say no, even though like, sure, I've looked to see what an ex is up to, but there's like a different feeling when it's like that. I'm stalking because I'm, no, I'm no, versus their, just I'm stalking my ex because I'm angry at them. Right. That's what like, I mean. It's different. But you, you feel worse, though, because yes, their life you always looks perfect feel worse. on social media. It's that's that's, that's the problem. Don't it do does it. look right? perfect. My therapist called it digital self-harm. It is digital wow. self-harm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I'm glad that you guys chastise me about it every <laughs> single time. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's it, guys. Okay. I know wow. it's I'm over. You guys wow. can breathe now. Who <laughs> oh boy. Who oh boy. I know yeah. you so much better. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> well, I hope this is helpful, though, because I do think on our podcast, many people do perceive like, oh, you've been doing this whole non-monogamy thing for so long and you're so great at it and you're so you're perfect like, at it. Yeah. And you know all the right things to do in relationship. Oh, yeah. But like we struggle the same way we're petty yeah. we mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. weird stuff that comes up so yeah. hopefully it's more humanizing than anything for yeah. sure for yeah. sure it's yeah. it's very human it's very normal it's very common definitely um, yeah anyway thanks so much Jay Sedica and Emily so for joining yeah. me today. This was a great discussion. It and really was lots of valuable tips I think for the people listening and great tools, great strategies. Guys, I hope you found it helpful. Listeners, I would love to hear from you. What did you take away from today's episode around managing jealousy? Find me at Hello Sarah Sense on Instagram or drop me a line at sarahsense.com. I would love to hear from you. And if you want to support me and my work to build a more sex positive world, I would appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button, if you shared this podcast if you wrote me a review. All of those things help me a lot. And thanks for listening and see you on the next episode of Better in Bed. Thank you to everybody for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Better in Bed with Sarah Sense. The best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is in the episode discussion channel in our Discord server, or you can post about it in our private Facebook group. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. 
In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our production assistants are Rachel Shenowork and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.